Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to esopodcast.com slash esoamazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the ESO 2017 Dragon Con Con Report. Uh, there is just over 200 days until Dragon Con. And yes, uh, take that in. Uh, it's <laughs> amazing to think. Uh, and we've been doing this show for uh, more or less uh, since 2014. We did some uh, Dragon Con reports as part of the regular ESO weekly show before that. But. Um, this is, uh, once again, we are very happy to be, uh, with you again, uh, for, um, a monthly look at all things Dragon Con. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm very honored and pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, some of which have been with us from the beginning, uh, starting, of course, with Director Faber. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's so good to be back with you for another year. Absolutely. And of course, couldn't do it without you, sir, because you are the one actually recording this. So exactly. Please, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, uh, any initial thoughts about, you know, I mean, we're getting ready for DragonCon already. Does it feel like it's it's that time? Dude, it feels like it's the time as soon as I leave the hotels in September. <laughs> It's just like, okay, what do we got to do for next year's con? What are we going to talk about in panels? What are we going to talk about with different guests? Are we going to, who are we going to try to get to come to the con with us? And it's just, it's always constantly moving for us. And it, it starts right after the last con ends in a lot of ways for a lot of people I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's still a lot to talk about. And uh, also very pleased to have with us, he's been here since the beginning as well, Darren Noel. Hi, everybody. What's up? Howdy, sir. Uh, Howdy! Are you actually recovered from DragonCon 2016? <laughs> um, I'm recovered. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm I'm Okay. I hope everybody got home from the con okay at this point. I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> if you're still wandering around the Hyatt, well. Then, then I, <laughs> you, need, you need help. You need help at exactly. this point. You're in a great position for this year, actually. So be first in line for the Berlin Reservations, show. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, another person who's been with us, I believe since the beginning, uh, is Mary Lou Who. Mary, you've been with us, right? Yeah, sounds right to me. Absolutely. So <laughs> welcome back to the station. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And how goes your uh, preparations for this year already? 
Um, I have a hotel and I have a badge. So <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you know what? Those two things are very important. That's I will be there. Money. That is my prep. I'm actually uh, I'm actually ahead of Mary. I I have a badge. I have a hotel room, and I've already spent a thou on cosplay. <gasps> what? What? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You yeah. better have the most epic cosplay ever. Is all. No, I I, I I had to pay for custom Wonder Warrior boots. Dude. Uh, seriously? Like, I mean, yeah, duct tape yeah, we'll, tutorials. We'll make it out of some Goodwill crap, man. Come on. Dude, I'm yeah. all about my duct tape tutorials, yo. Last, yes. last <laughs> year, I learned that my crafting skills are not that up to snuff. And I decided to upgrade because this is a costume that's now going to be um, going to other places as well. Because I'm making a uh, but modified... Like, I don't spend that on mine, and I go online in rhinestones. Modified Linda Carter cape for the Pride Parade as well. So, this the costume needs to be upgraded. Darren, Darren, this defense. In Darren's defense, I think how we always say how important it is to have comfortable shoes. I mean, it is. I mean, but that's comfortable and durable shoes. I didn't spend just a thousand on the shoes, there's (laughs) other stuff going on. That was just the biggest ticket item. Darren, it still makes me sweaty and uh, not in a pleasant way. Well, they better be awesome as hell. That's all I can say. <laughs> you better never buy another pair of shoes. Ever again. Now we know why you had to sell the condo. That's all I have to say. We also have someone who's been with us since the first year as well. Uh, our geek behind the lens, Nikki Rao Baker, is back on the station. Nikki, Nikki, (laughs) and she's gone. Sorry, my phone, my phone kept screwing up. She said, "You know, three years is enough." (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm done with it. Best intro. No more. That was the best exit. (laughs) And silence. (laughs) Happy Nikki. How are you? They do say silence is golden. I kept, uh, I kept hitting unmute on my phone and my screen kept going to sleep so it was a losing battle so sorry about that that's okay that's <laughs> right we are glad to have you with us glad to be back absolutely um we're also going to feature segments with our returning panelists of eternal Zan, michelle biddick simmons and kevin batchelder so uh that's going to be uh, great fun to catch up with them I'll have great information for you as well, whether you're a new fan, a new person going to the to the show or you've been going there for years uh, that we try to give you information that uh, you can use. And there's a lot of changes this year, some of which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, before we do that, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon e-store where you can find all kinds of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more. It really does help us out a lot. Uh, If you would like to leave feedback, which we encourage so much, uh, please reach out to us. Uh, Call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can reach us on the Facebook group. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, all sorts of social media Please reach out to us if you have specific questions or you would like us to interview certain people uh, associated with Dragon Con. Uh, let us know because uh, we can. This is still early in the game, and we can try to get uh, those requests in. Um, also, if you've got 
um, things you want to rant and rave about, uh, whether you, your experience, a past experience you've had at Dragon Con. Remember, we are PG-13. Or something that uh, is a part of Dragon Con that we haven't covered yet or you don't think it's enough attention, reach out to us because uh, we'd love to have you on the show and talk about all things related to Dragon Con. So please do contact us. Um, and now I guess we'll get started with the news. Like I said, there's been uh, some changes, but the first thing I have to mention because it's coming up real quick is uh, February 3rd is a Dragon Con night at Medieval Times. And that's Medieval Times uh, in Lawrenceville, Georgia. It is Friday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are available. They, um, you can get there if you go to the Dragon Con website or through their Facebook group. You can uh, find out all the specific information. Um, anybody planning to do that this year? I'm going. Awesome. But I go, awesome. I go every year. Yeah, this is the fourth year they're doing it. Yeah. It's a uh, lot of fun. It is a private event, so you do have to get, I think, your tickets with a code. Uh, There's special uh, pricing on seats. Yeah, uh, it's $31 with the DragonCon code, and that gets okay. you into the, the uh, event that gets you your food, um, one beverage, obviously non-alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. um, and they're having a costume contest, and they will have... The uh, king will be out there doing little ceremonies, knighting people, um, and they'll have the falconers out there as well with the falcons that you can take um, pictures with them. Obviously, no flash photography. Um, And they've also got a um, little meet and greet with the knights available as well. It's a lot of fun. They uh, specify that that's uh, real Falcons, not the Atlanta Falcons. The entire football team will be there. uh, The Atlanta Falcons are going to be busy that weekend. Uh, They will be prepping for a quote-unquote big game. Um, yeah, do not do not say that word. Take that as you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, there is a costume contest as well because you can't do a Dragon Con event without there being some sort of costume cosplay. Um, registra- registration for the costume contest will be held pre-show, 7 p.m. to 8.15. So uh, make sure you get there early if you're going to be in costume. Um, and then after the performance, after the Medieval Times performance, there's going to be uh, a DJ uh spinning some tunes the bar will be open till midnight uh the costume contest features the head knight and a dragon con celebrity judges um i think last year or the years in past they've used track directors i believe Um, yeah and uh a couple of surprise guests um actors will show up i'm i'm not going to give anything away but uh in years past they have had legit celebrities show up to judge the costume contest so yeah it's pretty neat and yes there will the contest itself uh there will be best uh, category for best adult costume and best child uh four through 12 costume so so yes uh get your tickets now because this show does sell out every year so um uh, i believe tickets are still available and you can get them online or over the phone there's a phone number and uh, we'll have a link to the uh facebook page the event page uh on the show notes um, so that uh, you can get your tickets if you wish to go. And if you've never gone to Medieval Times, um, it's a dinner and a show. It's really neat. It's it's jousting, it's horses, sword fights, um, just lots of really neat things. And it's even better to go with Dragon Con people. It is like a thousand times more ramped up 
with Dragon Con attendees. Even the Knights have said that they have so much fun when all of us Dragon Con folks are there because they get, you know, they, they feed off the audience energy mm-hmm. and they get so much from the audience. So definitely try to check it out. It's so much fun. I'm not getting any kickback from it. <laughs> I just really have a blast going. It is just so much fun to go. I do. I do love seeing your photos from the event afterwards, too. So you do a great job documenting it. Ah, thank you. And yes, of course, I'll be there taking pictures. So come on out. It'll be great. Um, there's other than that, you know, there's not a whole lot of official news. There's uh, no guest announcements yet. No official guest announcements. Uh, even on the website, the, the area where they have important dates, that isn't even filled out yet. So, um yeah, this is kind of unusual for Dragon Con to get this late of a start as far as uh, announcing things. So uh, we'll definitely so not a lot of official information, but there uh, was some information. There was a volunteer meeting, track director meeting a few weeks ago, and uh, there was some announcements about some changes uh in particular we're going to go into more detail a little bit later about this but uh two of the tracks are now gone uh the tolkien track and the weeden track yeah that's i mean yeah that's why would they do that um they have the reasons that now i don't think dragon con has made an official um announcement as to the reasons why uh but the track directors from both of those tracks have made uh statements on their facebook pages uh, as far as uh, the fact that they're ending. Um, and yes, uh, as Nikki uh, pointed out, there's not a lot of people, not, there's some people that are not happy about both of them being gone. Um, they are, programming for both will be incorporated into other tracks. Um, uh, but at, so but It'll be incorporated at the same time across two different hotels, right? On the same day? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> that's how so. it always works. They're so. just not going to tell you where it is. No. Oh. Well, it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, um, one change to the military sci-fi media track, which was a new track last year, which had two track directors because they combined them. Uh, they combined, I think it was a Stargate with, um, uh, I can't remember what the other track was now. But uh, now it's the, I mean, we talked to them last year and actually one of the track directors is stepping down. So that leaves just James Henson as being the main track director for that track. Um, so congratulations, James, on that. Um, and there, last year they had some uh, panels move. They had some tracks move uh, because of the renovations that were going on in, at the Hilton. Uh, they had registration move. There was all sorts of uh, – things that were not in the way that uh, in places that DragonCon didn't want them to be. But this year, uh, I understand that the Hilton renovations will be completed in May. Uh, so uh, there will be no more indoor pool at the Hilton. and But there will be tracks and, and I think registration will move there as well. So uh, I understand that there's not going to be any panels at America's Mart this year. That's good. That was that was a bit of a mess. Yeah. It was it it was a mess. They had too many people uh, there on Saturday for well, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't identify who was there for a panel and who was there just to shop. So right. when when everything got flooded and they weren't letting people in, people were missing out on panels when the panels yep. may have been empty. Yeah, and absolutely because I know that uh, in the comic track, 
um, I was actually in at my artist alley table and I looked around and there wasn't that many people there, but I had messages from several people that they couldn't get in the building because it was mm-hmm. too full. And I was like, well, that's not good. That's not yeah. so. And, and it's good that they understand that, but I think it was only temporary either, anyway. My only concern though, is that I would still, I think it does make sense for the comic tracks to mm-hmm. still be there. Um, so we I don't have to go that. all over, you mm-hmm. know, town to go to our own tracks. I think yeah. if, uh, the, the comic tracks should be there, but as far as the other ones, yes. I mean, it, move them out. There's no reason if you don't have to be in that building, get them out of that building. True mm-hmm. story. I know Dr. Q is very frustrated with, you know, the getting up there and, yes. you know, cause he was missing out on a lot of people coming to his tracks because mm-hmm. a, they couldn't find them, but B with the fire marshal, not letting people in. I know even panelists like Dr. Scott was having trouble getting into the building because the fire marshal wouldn't let him in. Yep. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I think that's a great idea. And, and Q is a, uh, the alternate history track I think is even more challenging because I'm, I'm not sure about any other tracks, but he actually uh, does two panels uh in in each time slot so he'll break up the the, his his into two sort of rooms so he'll have two different things going on at the same time um and yes for that to be uh for there to be no one there um i didn't feel it though um whenever i went to a panel certainly all the panels that i went to in america's mart were um, pretty well attended uh, mm-hmm. but, but I will say, I don't think I did a panel there on Saturday and which was the worst day. Uh, that's when people were really being, um, told not to go in. So, mm-hmm. so anything that they can do to, to make that non-congestive, I think they're going to make some changes with the gamers as well regarding America's Mart. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we've also, uh, received some rumors it's not a official, not by any means. This is not official news, but we have received some rumors, some word that this year will be the last parade. Um, last year, I think there was some rumors that it was going to be the last parade. I think they, one of the things they try to do to encourage uh, to get more support behind the parade is to air it on on local television. Um, I don't know how well that did. Um, I've I've I saw it myself uh, afterwards. I watched uh, the coverage of it, and it was it was lacking in a lot of areas. Uh-huh. But for a first year effort, I mean, I have to give them props for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, that and yes, all there's all sorts of people that are are you know already complaining about that being gone and this being the last year for that. Um, any, but they say that every year. They say that every year is the last year. And True. Each, and each year they have expanded it, but it is getting real expensive for Dragon Con to host it. Because, yeah. yeah, the TV sponsorship did help a little bit, but they still have to pay for all those cops. They have to pay uh-huh. to close down the streets. They have to play for cleaning up after all those people out there cuz last year they said you know officially they said there was 125,000 people for the parade unofficially it was almost up to 150 and so you know that's I, a lot of people that's, yeah 
that, that that's the true thing I think behind this eventual decision sooner or later. It's just cost prohibitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unless, and that's yeah, that's <laughs> true of almost anything, right? Oh yeah, yeah, unless they get an official sponsor for just the parade. That's you know the other option to be able to pay for it. And then it'll be like NASCAR. Everybody that's walking will have patches on their costumes. <laughs> Perfect time for a booster gold cosplay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the the Pepsi Netherworld exhibit is coming by. <laughs> not, not on Atlanta Street, sir. No, I don't, no, no. no. Okay, yeah, that's no, 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 ground no. only. Yeah. We should probably edit that out. You need, you need to get out of here with that Yankee talk, sir. <laughs> you can tell Mike is from the Northeast. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just that I see Pepsi's been so like quick to sponsor so much stuff like that. It's only Coca Cola that we'll we have need to here. Just generally call it pop and be done with no. it. No, <laughs> no, <Coke for> nothing. <laughs> you can have huh? in, uh, crazy table talk. wine, which is sweet tea, young lady. <laughs> Um, Florida, as, I pass. as far as <laughs> as far as it being the last parade, if it is going to be the last parade, I would like them to make that announcement beforehand so that people can enjoy it as I, the last one and then, you know, sign off and, and, and say goodbye to it rather but than. That's not what they do. They don't announce things. They just cut it out. They just do it. So. <laughs> not they, that I'm bitter. They won't necessarily know if this is going to have to be their last year or not until after the parade. I mean, even until six months, six months after uh-huh. Dragon Con this year, they might not know. I mean, we're not in there like with them making decisions and seeing all the intricacies of it. So, it, I think it's a lot more complicated than we think. Totally, I'm no, sure it absolutely. probably is. Absolutely, and and yes, I mean, we yes, they they the decision making is um, behind very closed sealed doors uh, on a lot of these decisions. So it is kind of difficult to second guess them when we don't have all the facts. Um, but um, do you do you feel now? I can remember Dragon Con without the parade. So mm. to me. The parade is kind of cool, but I, I don't, I don't think that it's a necessary aspect of Dragon Con. See, for me, it's the complete opposite, though, Mike, because that's what drew yeah. me to Dragon Con originally was the parade. You know, that was our, my first memory of Dragon Con is taking William when he was four, right, to the parade and not telling him what kind of parade it was. And as we were pulling up to find parking, walk, driving up Andrew Young Boulevard, there was a bunch of stormtroopers heading towards the parade route. And he looked at me and was like, Dada, what kind of parade is this? <laughs> and that year we were right across from the Hyatt and we were, you know, right on the curb and everything. And troopers walked right up to him and posed with him for pictures and everything. And from there we were hooked. It's what got us involved with dragon con literally and and, and oh, i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say i'm kind of middle of the road like i understand what it would be like to not have the parade but i also wonder how it would affect everything because for me what the parade represents and i'm i've only been going to dragon con for coming up on my fourth year now but uh for me what it represents is a way to 
get people who don't attend the con to be aware of this movement that goes on in the town that they're in, because we are so large and in charge that weekend. Um, there's very few people who don't notice us, obviously. And it's a good way for people, not only locally, but out of who, people who are in from out of town to uh, to see the kind of yes, we're okay with being who we are. And yes, we're going to dress up in costumes. And yes, it's this counterculture movement kind of thing um, that they may not have known about. But I do wonder how it will affect, if this is going to be the last year, how it's going to affect the attendance of the following years uh, going forward. It's a good point. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I know that, I I know that it is, it is an important event for a lot of Dragon Con goers. Um, So uh, it it seems like it's a big exposure kind of thing. I mean, granted we do it because we enjoy it and we love it and this is our passion, but at the same time, what our entire geek culture has been about for the last decade has been, this is us and we're okay with it. Come join us. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that's great about the parade is that you can get a really good cross-section of every type of costume, fandom, attendee during the duration of the parade. It's a really good place to see all the the, the best of the best uh, when you don't have time to run to all these different costume contests and go to, you know, the different panels and, and spend your whole day either at the, at the Marriott, uh, you know, by the sail bar. Mm-hmm. or um you know down in in the lobby of the hilton um that's one of the things that i like about the parade is that i can go and see all these really great costumes and the cars and you know and just see also the attendees interact with the fans that are there that don't that don't necessarily buy a badge to get mm-hmm. in but it's like a family event yeah. You know, that the, uh, the, everybody has the tradition of, hey, you know, on Saturday morning, we go and get donuts and we sit on the curb and wait for the parade to start. We bring the kids. And, you know, that that's the thing that I think I'll miss is seeing all the different uh, people that are there interacting with each other. You know, and you can see people that are uh, you know, diehard geeks like us and then people that are just casual fans of, oh, I like Star Wars from when I was a kid. And so I brought my kids out to the parade. So that's one of the things that I will be sad to see go if this is the last year of the parade. And I think a lot of people would agree that that is one of the draws for them is making it like a little family outing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like, like Mary said, we don't know all the, the goings on behind closed doors, the logistics of this alone have got to be a nightmare to try and uh-huh. figure out. So, you know, I, I give them respect and props for all the work that they put into it, but I would just be sad to see it go, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, and, and, and we don't know if this is actually going to happen. So out there, um, if you're planning on going to the parade, you know, if you're thinking about it, um, you know, you might want to definitely, you know, take part this year just in case. Um, and because uh, registration for that usually fills up pretty fast. So I would uh, definitely um, uh, do that and look into it as well as, you know, it will as the information comes through, uh, we'll do our best to try to find out, you know, what's going on with it. So um, 
And speaking of something else that uh, kind of happened last month that caused a little bit of controversy online, I know something that caused controversy online. Um, uh, they uh, people discover there's a lot of hubbub about um, the Phoenix Comic Con uh, actually requiring uh, their volunteers, their staff, uh, to um, to pay to be part of this um, membership uh, for twenty dollars. Um, that um and and it just caused a lot of like i thought they were volunteers i can't believe they had to pay etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh then it came out that uh dragon con has a similar policy they have a non-refundable fee of twenty dollars uh for um for volunteers first-time volunteers generally required to play uh, pay a one-time uh, only non-refundable fee um and you're you know obviously uh request uh, you're expected to put in a certain number of hours of work during a convention but you mm-hmm. do on your off times do have access to just about everything else at dragon con so there is that aspect of it as well but um um any any thoughts from you guys on on that policy or that controversy that came out? I, I guess I'll I'll start with this one. I have absolutely no problem with this, and let me tell you why. I, I've volunteered for Dragon before, and I I paid my money to volunteer. It's not a lot of money, but I can tell you that there were several people who were supposed to work in the division I was volunteering in, got their volunteer badge, worked half a shift, said, "Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom," and never came back. So it's a way for Dragon Con and other cons to keep a track of those people. So the, the track director can report back, yeah, this guy or this person, no, no volunteer badging for him ever. Because people would switch between divisions to, to try to pull that again. So I know it seems odd to have to quote-unquote pay to volunteer, but it's also no good for the con to have people walk in, volunteer, and then walk off you know, the gig. So I mean, it's a, little, it's a little insurance policy for that. I guess I don't understand how making a volunteer pay, even if they're going to possibly just walk away from it anyway, makes anybody more accountable. If that volunteer's director or program director mm-hmm. is keeping track of them, then they should be able to do that regardless of whether or not they're paying. Well, I think it's to keep out the people who don't want to have any skin in the game at all, honestly. Um, I mean, it's a relatively small deterrent, it's, it's a but, small there's, amount, but there's only so much that a convention would even be able to do to discourage that type of behavior. So it does discourage people who aren't dedicated or who aren't like really interested in volunteering. Um, I know for it's um, just a little tiny insurance policy. Well, and I know for uh, for other conventions like Frolicon, for instance, for first-time volunteers, they require that they pay for their badge up front, and once they've completed their hours, they actually refund them the price for it. See, I'm all for that. Too. Yeah, That'd I'm all for too. that. Because I'll give you a little bit of insight into some of the podcast stuff we've had to do in the past. We've been asked to go to cons, and same thing as volunteers, you know, when you're a guest – you usually get a pass for free because you're mm-hmm. performing a duty as a guest and, you know, to either be on panels, to be, have a table set up, autograph in some cases. And a lot of the times when that happens, you know, we, you know, myself and Mike or whoever, if we have a guest with us, like a wife or a significant other, nephew, cousin, whatever, it, 
doesn't matter. You know, we get in for free. But we've had cons that we've gone to want to charge us to be a guest and a speaker at their con. Yeah. And that is ridiculous. And, I agree. And it's the same thing for me as the thing with the volunteers. They're doing a fantastic service helping the con out running in the place. And I like what you said that Follicon was doing with, you know, charging them for the badge, but then refunding it after you have proof of the hours you've worked. I mean, the only thing I would say to that is that there are a lot of volunteers at DragonCon that I personally know who are volunteers because the badge is prohibitively expensive for them. So if they were to have to pay that full amount, even to have it refunded later would really put a hardship on them and they may not be able to attend the convention. Mm -hmm. So they have to kind of strike a balance between giving, deterring someone from quitting and also making it possible for someone to help out and be able to experience the convention. I mean, and I, I understand that side um, uh, 100% because they are expensive, especially since they keep going up 10 to $15 every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frolicon is only doing that, as far as I know, for the for the people who have never volunteered before. Once they've volunteered before and they've gone and they've done their hours, the following year, if they come back and wish to volunteer again, as far as I'm aware, and don't quote me on this, but as far as I'm aware, they're not required to pay for their badge up front anymore because they've kind of been vetted. Yeah. They've gone, okay, this person's proven that they're going to show up and they're going to do their work. We can go ahead and let that in then. Um, and maybe that would be a good point to to bring in then that 20 or 30 or percentage less than that. But I guess, I don't know, I, I guess it feels to me that it should be an all or nothing thing. Having spent most of my life volunteering for things, um, when it comes to doing extracurricular activities, whether it's conventions, whether it's festivals, whatever, uh, I guess I feel that it should be very much an all or nothing thing, but that's just my personal opinion. I um I was very surprised actually, as was as many conventions as I do. I was very surprised when I was in New England uh, for the Northeast Comic Con uh, to find out that uh, their staff is paid. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a it's a temp job, um, part time job, uh, and they're all paid uh, to be staffed. Now, something as big a con as big as Dragon Con, there's just no way. There's just no way um, uh, that that could happen. But um, I do want to point out, you know, uh, that uh, according – I'm at the DragonCon official site and uh, on the questions about uh, the requirements for being a volunteer uh, for anybody who's interested. And we're not trying to discourage people from being volunteers. We just want to make sure that you're aware of, of the, the stipulations. Um, first of all, you have to be um, uh, over the age of 16 on the first day of the convention. Uh, you have to – um, if they are under 18 on the first day of the convention, you have to be in the same section as your parent or legal guardian uh, volunteering. Um, so there's some age requirements there. Uh, if this is your first year, uh, you do it does require a $20 volunteer fee. However, once that you have paid that fee, you'll never have to pay it again, even if you take a 10-year sabbatical from being a DragonCon volunteer. Um, if you've already purchased a membership and you want to volunteer, you don't have to pay the additional $20 fee. And in fact, if you meet all the volunteer requirements at the show, you'll have your membership price refunded minus the $20 volunteer fee after the show. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there are certain criteria that you can have the volunteer of $20 waived. 
Um, so you can find out most of that on the on the official site as well. So, um, but they do state up front, and they're pretty um, uh, they're pretty upfront about it. And it's you know the the reasons behind it, I think, are probably because people may feel like they're trying to get in uh, for free to a, this big convention, uh, and they're trying to deter that just a little bit. Um, and and uh, I don't know. I you know I, I don't I haven't seen a lot of uh, response from DragonCon about you know defending the policy. But uh, yes, I did think that that was something that um, came to my attention because of the controversy for Phoenix. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, as long as people know it going in, I, I don't see that it's it's an issue. If it was like something that was like a secret, then you know that would be something that <laughs> I think I I don't think I could condone. And the fact that it's for just new volunteers too, you know, the fact that once you pay that, you're done. And you can, you know, take part in as many Dragon Cons as you like. Um, and and then this is for official volunteers. This doesn't mean, like, I don't think this qualifies if you're just, like, they're helping out with a track or a panelist or something like that. No, I don't think it's panelists at all. I think This it's is just, just if you are getting yeah. your badge as a qualified volunteer meeting all the stipulations. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do know that the um, first volunteer meeting, if you're interested in finding out more about being a volunteer, uh, the first volunteer meeting of the year is February 18th. So you can find out all the information about how to become a volunteer and uh, where they need assistance. Uh, at um, It's actually in person. And I believe it's held at the Hyatt. I'm not sure about that. They just go to the official website and they can tell you more information about that. But the first volunteer meeting, it is downtown in one of the host hotels. I do know that. Oh, wait, here it is. Uh, General Volunteers, it's at the Hilton. It's uh, February 18th from 4 to 5 p.m. at the Hilton. So, And then there's, theor- there's um, periodic volunteer meetings. There's one on May 20th, one on July 15th. Um, and uh, I think there's might be one in August, but that's that's it. So. So cool. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I there's no guest announcements to make. You guys got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they, <For> they, <laughs> we don't get to butcher people's names. Yeah. That just that just means like we'll have to have an extra long episode next month Ugh. to account for all the huge number of guests announcement that we're going to make once they finally do. Um, I do know that uh, some attending pros have uh, received word that uh, they've got badges and, and whatnot. So uh, congratulations to all of them. And uh, yes, as soon as there's guest information, uh, we'll... It's, again, it so, does seem kind of late in the game for them to be announcing this stuff. So I'm not really sure why uh, there's a delay with some of this information, but it is kind of interesting. I guess they're 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 coming down from their big 30th year anniversary. <laughs> they're still kind of looking at stuff. The hangover um, is real. <laughs> I think also I get the feeling from the last uh, from what I heard from the last director's meeting, though, that there's a lot of changes. So there's trying they're trying to figure out um, with the new setup, with the the new space that they're probably going to get trying to figure out the logistics of everything. Um, Maybe that in and of itself is just taking up a majority of the time. And they're like, you know what, we'll get to the the guests and all that stuff later is once we find out, you know, where we're going to put them. (laughs) So. Um, so 
Speaking of uh, tracks and events at uh, DragonCon, which may or may not be going away, uh, I thought it might be kind of interesting if um, there were any to hear from you guys. If there were any particular tracks that uh, you thought, you know what, DragonCon, it would be really cool if they had uh, this this area. Um, DragonCon covers a lot, but there are still some things that uh, they they don't cover. Um, and certainly there's events that, um, either used to be there in the past that have gone away or, um, that they just never considered because there's, you know, obviously so much else going on, but I know that it's hard to ask the question, is there, are you missing anything at DragonCon because there's not enough to do. Uh, but I'm, I'm sort of asking if there's anything that you kind of would think that would be cool to have at DragonCon. Oh, should I break out the list? Do you have a list? I have a few things, actually. <laughs> well, go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to start with this. Uh, over the years... No. Yes. I am going with it. <laughs> you started with over the years. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, wait, let, me, let me lean back. Yeah. <laughs> Settle no. in, everyone. Everyone. Drive well. yourself a fifth of something, kids. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> well, basically, you know... Dragon Con, you know, has start was started small and it's grown and grown and grown. And I am a huge fan, and we have been a big supporter of the Brit Tracks. We know the people who run it, and really personally, and really good friends of ours. But I think it's time for the Brit Tracks to be split. Um, probably most of you can figure out where I'm going with this, and I think it's time for there to be a solid Doctor Who track. Instead of the Brit tracks, you know, trying to uh, fit in other British stuff because there's a lot of things they're missing out with because they have to put in so much Doctor Who material. And the Doctor Who material is so popular, most of the time it's standing room only. And I think it's time for there to be a Doctor Who track at DragonCon. I certainly would love to see more Doctor Who related guests at DragonCon. I think uh, I've made it. I made some criticisms in the past about how uh, I thought that the, you know, the Doctor Who uh, celebrity guests that they've been getting were uh, sometimes were kind of weak. And there's so many out there, you know, with between companions and guests and doctors, actors that have played doctors themselves, that they like. I'm just like, there's no really excuse for that. I mean, they have. And you're right. After you know, 50 plus years of of being a franchise um and it, you're right it does seem like the brit track is almost at times overwhelmed with doctor who programming that leaves like half their schedule for regular other british stuff and we all know that there's a lot of cool british television out there mm-hmm. exactly british movies british literature british you know artwork british comics you know there's so much even british music last year they did you know a full david bowie panel they could go so much into british punk rock the british invasion there's just so much that brit tracks could touch on and they can't because they're tied with doctor who yeah that's a good point so that's just my opinion on that um, I, I can see that can I, so like yeah, I totally get that. But is there a reason they can't do all of those other things and Doctor Who? Is there some kind of like room restriction or time restriction or some reason that they can't add all of that stuff and kind of cover everything that they want to? There's only so many hours in a day, truthfully. And they only have one room. 
Yeah, they don't. So get I, a second I room. think. Yeah, I. I, I don't okay, know. Okay, how... so would having a second room solve the problem also? Um. Well, possibly. Um. Well, I, I don't know what the logistics of that. I. I don't know how how Q did it with alternate history having two rooms and having two different programs going on at the same time. So it's possible that, you know, other, I don't know of any other track that does that. So if, okay, if, gotcha. the, that makes if, sense the, then. if the Brit track was allowed to do that, then sure. I mean, that would be really cool. And, and yet, but I do think that Dr. Who is big enough that it could support uh, its own, you know, programming uh, for a whole track. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, cool. I that makes so. sense. Thanks. Because the Brit tracks does have, you know, and the, probably the Brit tracks are probably going, shut up, Mike, shut up, we don't need more. <laughs> 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 but they're probably, you know, in all truth, though, the Brit tracks do have already, you know, they do go into some of the ballrooms for like the bigger celebrities or some of the bigger sure. panels. Sure. And so, but I don't think they could support a, a ballroom and a regular room. They would need two regular rooms and the ballrooms for everything that they want to try to get across. So that's just, that was my first one I have. So I'll let other people go and I have a couple others. So, um, I'll, I just, the only one that, um, I, I think, uh, a friend of the station, Van Plexico put this out there that he would love to see a, uh, a secret agent or spies oriented one. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously with James Bond and, and, and all those sort of things that would cover, um, movies as well as, um, literature and of course TV. Um, I, I don't know if the programming would support like a full, you know, day, four days of that. Um, but I'm interested and I, it's a genre that I like a lot. So I definitely could see that that would be interesting. Um, but I don't, like I said, I don't know the logistics. I don't know what it takes to, 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 you know, pitch a track to the powers that be and what sort of information that you would need as far as, you know, what they're looking for. If they're looking for, is it just programming? Obviously every track does events as well. So I think you would have to come up with, um, nightly events as well as their, your panel programming that you have during the day that you would have to be able to support. Well, exactly. But it would be cool to see, you know, in that that track, you would have stuff like, you know, Born, or you would have Austin, even Austin Powers, or sure. Man from Uncle in like Flynn, you know, stuff like that. And you know, there's so much spy stuff out there that they could do. Yeah, and and some of that would alleviate. Like we're talking about Doctor Who alleviating more programming for the Brit track. Some of that, you know, the, the secret agent stuff would would alleviate and give more spaces, more time to, you know, the, the classics track. Joe is always talking about, Joe and Gary are always talking about how they've got too much because the, the classic sci-fi track is basically anything sci-fi movie or TV related prior to, no, yeah, prior to what, 1980, 19, 19, I think it might even be 1990 now. And that's, that's a lot of stuff to cover. And so they they their biggest challenge is what do you leave off, um, and uh, you know when you take something like uh, the secret agent stuff, it, it could be like okay, well we don't have to cover you know Man from Uncle that's having an anniversary or whatever we don't have to cover that stuff. We can concentrate on more sci-fi stuff, 
Um, but like I said, I again, I don't know how big of a uh, a response it would get from uh, the regular, you know, Dragon Con con goers. So it would have to be one of those things that if Dragon Con looked and said, you know, we did James, we do James Bond panels every year, and they're they're overflowing, then then maybe they would look at you know, expanding that track. I'm guessing that that had to happen at some point uh, with the Whedon track. At some point they were like, you know what? Buffy is just too big to be covered in the, in the, the sci-fi regular media track that we have to break it out to its own thing. Agreed. Any other, any other events or, or tracks from uh, you guys? Uh, I know that one of the things I'd really like to see, and I was hoping and I'm still hoping that with the uh, Momocon merger that we're actually going to get more indie video games. I know Dragon Con's had a video gaming track, uh, but most of it's been focused on the larger games, the Bethesda, the Fallout, the uh, Dragon Age, the Halos, those kinds of things. I'd really like to see a lot of the uh, the wonderful indie game things that we get to see when you do attend Momocon come into the Dragon Con video gaming track. Um, that's something I would really like to see. And I'm hoping they're actually going to do there's a wonderful, wonderful groups of not just regional, but local uh, video game creators that like smite for instance was created in Georgia um, and has a big following or had a big following. It's still pretty, pretty up there, but um I would really like to see that get that's some good. roots. Yeah, that's an area of the the Dragon Con that I'm not familiar with at all, which is uh, the the gaming and the, the specifically the the video gaming tracks. We're there, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I believe you. There's a, there's so many people there doing their thing. So, anything else? Well, I would like to see more uh, more music. Sorry. Um, I know that we do have, you know, the the standard uh, guest list as far as bands go that, that come every year. But I would like to see them expand uh, their their musical guests a little bit more. Like big, more bigger names or not necessarily bigger names. Uh, more just variety more... or exactly. Yeah more variety and not necessarily have a whole track dedicated to it, but maybe do some panels on it and they may be out there and I'm just not aware of it. And if they are, please feel free to find me on Facebook and tell me they're out there. Um, Panels about soundtracks and how music affects the shows that we love. I would really love to see stuff like that. That's really cool. That would be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool actually to have panels talking about, you know, having composers and such in as guests talking Mm -hmm. about how they create TV themes or movie Mm -hmm. themes. Yeah, like Bear McCreary would be a fantastic guest to have at Dragon Con to discuss that because that guy is like all over the place with the shows that he composes for. Um, So that's something that I would be interested in because to me, the music really helps set the mood for the show and for the scene. And if you've ever worked on anything um, where you, you get rough cuts and you don't have music, once you put that music, it completely changes the tone of, of the scenes that you're working on or the show that you're working on. So that's 
for me, that's something that I have always been interested in and that I would like to see them try to incorporate. Um, like I said, the, the stuff may be out there and I'm just not aware of it, but I, I could be really into that. It. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the classics track does have the sing along. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A little, little so, different. Two, two related questions, and this might exist already. Um, is there much to do with like filmography and like production and like I don't I'm not really like a film buff so I don't know all the right words but um, like for film production is there a whole like much of that content at DragonCon? Not or is that sort of all incorporated really. into each individual like TV show or movie track? It is, but I think that there and maybe it's just because I've I've been out of it as well uh not going to look at the panels so maybe there is tons of it but i know that there used to be there used to be uh screenwriters that would come uh and talk about that process and there i think that they do have uh, i want to say maybe in the costuming track they do have people who are actual um wardrobe folks that work in the Atlanta area. You know, if um, only we lived in an area where they did movie production. <laughs> I know. Right. There'd be so many people that, we you know. We could reach out uh, to those people and bring yeah. them on board. Don't so, cloud the issue with facts. Yeah, that would be really cool. Alternative facts, Darren. Alternative facts. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so. Well, I also had a second question. Is there very much theater stuff at Dragon Con? Because I don't know. Like, would you have a panel about musicals or about, um, you know, like that kind of thing? Is there anything like that? Because that would be pretty cool. Yeah, not in and of its own. Now, I can tell you that uh, according to the sci-fi uh, directors that do the classic sci-fi, our panel uh, anniversary of Little Shop of Horrors went over huge. It was one of their highest rated panels that they did. So mm-hmm. I know that they're I, – I know, right? Um, and so they're looking at doing, uh, a bit more with that, um, uh, because that was, that got a huge response. So uh, I don't know what, but it would be per, cause I know that, um, <laughs> not, not, not that it's there anymore, but I know that the Wheaton track used to have a, a Buffy or it was either, they would alternate each year, right? Either the Buffy sing-along or the Dr. Horrible, Dr. Horrible, Dr. Horrible right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I know that those type of events... Uh, are kind of a, a staple of Dragon Con. The sing-alongs in particular seem to be uh, pretty popular. Um, but as as far as, you know, actual, you know, theatrical stuff, uh, I don't, you know, you're not going to find, I don't think, too much uh, Hamilton programming. At, I think uh, there was one Hamilton track, or not really? track, but panel. There was one Hamilton panel last year, and there was a big Hamilton cosplay photo shoot last year. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but last year was the first year that that we saw anything um, related to a popular musical on that scale as far as costuming goes um, for photo shoots. But no, there really, still, is, there really they, isn't a lot. Do they still show? Um, they still show Rocky Horror, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. Lips Down on Dixie still does that. Yeah, that's cool. And there's always musical geeks at Dragon Con. Always. Like, sizable crowd. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that might be a cool thing to add. Mm -hmm. I agree with Mary. I think it's a great thing to possibly see about. Because there's so much cool musical stuff that could be considered geeky. 
you know, and there's just theater geeks out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think I think we just we just came up with a new panel, guys. <laughs> or a new track. A new anything track. That, yeah, we did. That has to do with Musical and with theater track. Music. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it would it would really go over well, I think. Very much. I, so. I think so. I yep. think so. Mm-hmm. All right, who's going to pitch it? <laughs> see, see, that's the scary thing. Whoever pitches it runs it, and you know, uh, well, I don't think any of us have time for that. I have my a- drink. <laughs> I still have photos to edit from last year. See, I have podcasts <laughs> to do from last year. What do you mean? See? <laughs> I guess mine would be I. I want to see a, a concerted effort at minority representation in a track. I know every little track. And I don't mean little track in a bad way. I'm just saying every track does some type of, you know, women in sci-fi or, or you know, aliens. Are they really minorities and things like that. You see those panel titles sometimes. I would like to see a track devoted to minority representation in the genres that Dragon Con celebrates. Would you want to see an LGBT track? I would love to. It's been pitched. It's been rejected as far as I know. And I think, didn't we, uh, was it last year? I think LGBT wouldn't be enough for Dragon to attract everyone. Right. But but Uh, we've also seen an uptick in people of different races. Used to, when you go to a cons, it was a sea of white people, let's be honest, and mostly men, you know. And now we have more women than ever coming to cons. We have more people from divergent backgrounds coming to cons. And I think we need to make an effort to, you know, do something to elevate the the stuff that they are reflected in in the culture. I agree. I agree definitely. completely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think it might be it might be one of those things that would be cool to have. And if it doesn't do it, if they don't have its own track, maybe have a sort of a sub track within all the tracks. Like maybe I don't want to say like an icon, but like certain. Uh, tracks would, um, if they have some something that they're doing a, a panel on that, then you could combine all those programming, all that programming throughout all the tracks, that it would be sort of something that would almost create its own track. Well, and the problem with that, Mike, and I, I've thought about that, because that's what they have kind of sort of now, is all the tracks do their own thing, but they always wind up doing it at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's just the way it works out. Some, some, I mean, all the LGBT stuff is after ten o'clock at night. Well, that's the other thing too. It's all late at night, and and I think, like I said, I, like I started to say a little while ago, I think I want to say that for some reason, I think there was some some controversy that some of it had been eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, they eliminated the um more um concentrated on sex lifestyle panels last year, I believe. Okay. There used to be a BDSM 101, but that's not LGBT specific. Right, right, okay, right. No, so, and I remember I remember us discussing on one of the casts last year uh, the possibility of introducing not just an LGBT track, but actual programming specifically for parents or guardians who are raising possible LGBT children. And learning how to how to cope with that. I mean, in conjunction with that and all of the individual events that are going on and tracks that are going or subtracks that are going on inside of everything else, uh, 
I don't see why it wouldn't necessarily qualify for one. It's just a matter of whether or not it really gets the grounding for it. No, yeah, makes a, sense. That actually um, was something I was thinking of uh, a while ago, and I don't know why because I'm not a parent. But one thing that I, I one panel that I was intrigued by last year in the horror track was um it was titled something like how to raise your kids with horror or something like that and it was basically um parents at this panel um i don't know who the panelists were but um basically going over you know how to introduce your kids to horror um Mm -hmm. and 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 i thought well that that's an interesting that's really an interesting thing because i mean who 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 talks about that otherwise you know like i mean Mm -hmm. If you're if you're if you are a parent and you're trying to, you know, raise your kid and you, you know, what age do you let them watch, you know, Poltergeist or whatever like that, that I mean, obviously, that's up to individual parents, but it is kind of an interesting discussion to have, I think. No, agreed. It is a good question because, you know, we even have that with regular teenagers with straight kids. You know, there's all those type of questions you get from them. And it'd be great yeah. to have some kind of support and it'd be great to do it in a con situation. Mm-hmm. I would, I would think, you know, um, judging by my own experience with my parents that raising a, a, a geek child is, has set a challenge. Has challenges. To... <laughs> oh yeah. Has challenges. Let's just that. <laughs> so I, I guess that sort of programming would be kind of helpful for, uh, you know, new parents. I have a, I have a nephew who is um, on the Asperger's scale. Complete video game, you know, savant. But get him around a group of like-minded kids, and he just clams up mm-hmm. and goes into his own self. It would be it would be nice to see that type of thing for parents at Dragon Con. How do you raise your geek child, um, depending upon their or how do you best raise, I should say, because not every kid is the same. Um, how, how do you get through that and so that you and the child wind up in one piece at the end of the process, you know? Yeah. So, well, in different that's, ways that's to – Different ways to – I mean, there's no reason why those parents couldn't sit around and talk about different ways on how they were able to get their child out of their shell to do more things. Because while a child may fall on the autism or Asperger scale or whatever, there's still always that one thing that gets them and finding that one way to get them out of there so they can actually be socialized to whatever extent it is that they're capable and comfortable with is, is a good thing. I mean, and not everybody knows that. And in areas in particular like mine, where we don't have a large uh, geek community and we don't have a lot of resources, but I do know Tons of people who drive, like myself, from two and a half hours away to go up to Dragon Con, that would be a wonderful resource for them. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about something that we had touched on about a lot of the more adult-themed, like the BDSM stuff, disappearing from Dragon Con. I'd actually Mm -hmm. like to see it come back. I don't think it will, honestly. Um, not that it was a negative thing or a positive thing. I, I just think Dragon Con decided that that was possibly a step too far. And um, there's now Frolicon, which completely offers all that type of uh, panel. I think... And, you know... 
I mean, I think that if it's going to come back, it needs to come back not in a BDSM sexuality form and more in a this is consensual, this is acceptable kind of form where it's not necessarily a whole track dedicated to it. But I know another one of the topics that we talked about last year was uh, was the fact that cons, especially as they get more and more crowded, are end up being hit with sexual harassment on all sides and maybe have something dedicated to what is and isn't consent and uh, finding a way to spin that into what's already going on with the different tracks and with the different cultures and whatnot. So maybe not necessarily BDSM more oriented, but more consensual oriented, which is what BDSM is founded on anyway. Oh, sure. It's all about trust and, you know, the control. Because you're getting what you're going to get at Dragon Con is you're going to get people who may or may not attend Frolicon or even know that it exists, but it's giving you a whole separate sect of people that you can open this up to and go, by the way, this is how things like this are done. Maybe what you're doing and maybe what you're saying isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's a for me, it's an educational thing, mm-hmm. and it's a great way. It's not, you know, I'm not thinking it's a way for kinks to pick up each other or people to, you know, hook up. It's more of educational. When oh, yeah. They, when they did mm-hmm. the BDSM 101 and 102, I thought it was fantastic for newbies or people who want to learn more about the lifestyles that are out there. And I think they can expand on that. And I have to say, I went to those classes and it was very for for a BDSM class, it was extremely vanilla. It was it was <laughs> you know what I mean? It was on the very top of scratching the surface. They did a the presenters did a really good job of not presenting this in a way that you see, you know, glamorized or made fun of in movies and TV. Yeah. Um they did a really good job of explaining this isn't about sex, this is about this instead. And you need to be a, a certain maturity level to do this type of activity, and you need to talk. They spent 20 minutes on talking to your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? So people who went in there with some kind of a prurient intent of, oh, we're going to get to see whatever, went away disappointed because they did not see that. And <laughs> uh, people who were seriously there and interested in finding out the information got some really good stuff. So Exactly, and there are, you know – kinky uh meet and greets for different all the different groups and stuff from fet life and you know sls and you know other events that are you know groups that are out there they well, all just have email me. Just exactly. email me. darren has it all the information right there <laughs> <laughs> so so i think but i think it would be great for you know informational ways to you know bring it in and it could be in the evening where it's adults only and they even because where they would card, you know, so people under eighteen would not get in. They did card. They well, did card. I was well, going to no, say they exactly. do that. They do that for the burlesque show. Exactly. They carded the BDSM panels. Mm-hmm. At least the last they had them. So. Like William couldn't even get into Phantom's event that he did because he's not eighteen yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So why, if they could do stuff like that, if they could have the burlesque show, if they could do Phantom's thing, why can't they do a pretty mature? panels you know or a track with us because yes because because phantoms is certainly not mature yeah i I know i i I thought about that after i said it yeah and it's it 
it's immature. That uh, to, to the to the and to everyone's delight. I mean, it's awesome. Yes. Phantoms, Phantom show. I was there last year. I can speak. This was a a festival in. I would say it was the Price is Right mixed with Porkies. <laughs> <laughs> so it was enough, you know, fun and games mixed with that. Oh my God, sexuality humor that works for an a, an adult mature crowd. Exactly, but it's it's <laughs> crazy for them to think that there's not. You know, there's a big difference between Dragon Con during the day and Dragon Con after dark, as we've said for many years on this show. <laughs> there's a difference between Dragon Con sober and Dragon Con with a drink. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's true, though. But, you know, where I'm going with it is I think it's time that they embrace again some of the adult content. I think they would have a great audience for it. Because the lines that they had for these events were, you know, wrapped around the lobbies of some of these hotels. Yeah, that should definitely tell them that they've got enough interest in that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just time will tell. My two time cents. Will tell. Well, I, I mean, great, great uh, suggestions from everybody. I mean, for a show that uh, has so much going for it, I mean, it, there could be so much more, um, and and all really good suggestions. So I'm hoping that uh, some of the powers that be, as well as track directors, etc., are listening in, um, and if. Uh, anybody out there is is, is listening, <laughs> and there's some sort of uh, programming that you think is missing from Dragon Con, or something that you'd like to see back. Um, please uh, let us know. Reach out to us, contact us, um, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll make fun of you on the show. No, just kidding. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we, we will discuss it on the show. We're glad to do that. And, um, and uh, what yeah. email? At what email address should they send it to, Mike? It should. Could be uh, Director Faber at no, just kidding. Sorry, it's uh, ESO podcast at gmail.com. It's so, pretty much yeah, that, that is go to Director Faber. Email, if, <laughs> yeah, really. If they don't send email, then Tacoma and I will be beating people and singing uh, the whole libretto of Rent in the Hilton lobby. <laughs> I, I oh my gosh, a new please, set of flaws, and I know that whole thing, so let's do I this. Knew <laughs> I knew you did. Awesome. I will be well, there with my camera. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And now it's time to check in with Eternal Zan. And now we are very happy to have the return of Eternal Zan. Welcome back. Happy 2017. Thank you. Dragon Con is officially this year now. It is. It is. And that's why we've started up again. And we are glad to have you with us. So, yeah, just to introduce myself to our new listeners, my name is Eternal Zan. I'm a longtime Eternal member of Dragon Con, and an Eternal member is someone who bought a lifetime pass to Dragon Con, and that's called the Eternal Membership. In the past, I've covered the hotel beat on this podcast, so you can listen to past episodes to learn all about the five host hotels. Those are the main hotels where the activities are held at Dragon Con. And I also covered the best communities online where you can find hotel rooms and roommates because the host hotels, which are the most in demand, are expensive and they all sell out nearly a year in advance. Like you're not staying at a Motel 6. So not to rip on Motel 6, they're great, but those aren't host hotels for Dragon Con. So they're a little bit more upscale. And my topics for today are the famous Dragon Con parade and how to spot room scalpers online. 
So I will start off with the parade. And you've you've been to the parade, right? Um, I have. Uh, well, I'm aware of the parade. I've been to the parade. I've never been in the parade. And I don't think I've ever watched the parade from start to finish. But this year, obviously, it's really important that we discuss the parade because from all sources, all kinds of sources, we're hearing that this may indeed be the last one. <gasps> I had not heard that, really. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that from multiple people. Uh, is George R. R. Martin in charge of the parade this year? What's going on? This is not okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. so yeah, I, I I had not heard that. So yeah, this is super important. This could be your last chance. Parade sign up will be on Wednesday, February fifteenth, and you can also sign up vehicles on that day. And the parade does fill up every year, and maybe this year, maybe faster than normal if this is your last shot. And this is on Saturday morning. Of Dragon Con, and there's thousands of costumes. Last year they televised it. It's fantastic. It's definitely a must see. You can find videos of it online. Just search for Dragon Con Parade. And this year will be the tr- triumphant return of my parade group from last year, the Cult of Marriott Carpet. We marched for the first time together last year, and we were the sleeper hit of the parade. We had some doubters out there who didn't understand the Marriott Carpet trend, which for those new to Dragon Con, it's a whole big long story. Just Google Dragon Con Marriott Carpet. But it's a thing, and we were totally awesome, and we're doing it again. And also the Dragon Con Eternal Members Parade Group will be returning, of course, because we're Eternals, so we'll be there. We're there every year. We're very a dedicated and creative group, and we'll be marching next to the Cult of Marriott Carpet. And since I'm doing both of those events, all the information you need to find about either of my parade groups is at DragonConEternalMembers.com. That's a website. And you can also search the official and unofficial Dragon Con Facebook groups for recent recruiting posts by various parade groups who may have spaces open. And you can also join as an individual, and they'll just put you in the appropriate group. So you don't have to find a group first. But if you want to, that option's open. To get to the official parade resources, go to the official Dragon Con website, dragoncon.org. And go to participate and then be in the parade or just enter a parade in the search box and actively follow all of their social media accounts to get timely news and information. The Dragon Con official website is often not updated in a timely manner for, you know, each and everything because there's a lot of things at Dragon Con. So definitely I always recommend following the social media to stay on top of the news. And again, the parade registration opens on Wednesday, February 15th, but it usually stays open for a little while before the parade fills up. So do you have any questions about the parade? No, no, you pretty much covered that. I mean, I think it is important that uh, people, if they're interested, uh, sign up as soon as possible, as you said, especially this year. But um, it, it, I mean, it has been filling up really fast over the last couple of years. So exactly. Yeah, and then if it turns out you can't make it, please contact the parade and let them know because there's always a waiting list of people who wanted to get in but couldn't, you know, because they just forgot and all of a sudden it's June and, you know, they forgot to register. So, yeah, if you have to cancel, please let the parade know so they can let somebody else have your spot or let your or let your group leader know however you sign up. Well, exactly, and that's one of the things with, you know, the – of whole parade be prepared you know this is not a short parade this parade goes for over an hour folks oh yeah yeah so uh wear comfortable shoes and don't wear a costume that's too hot that that's an indoor costume like 
you know, if you can't walk outside in 90 degree weather on a hot, wet street, rethink your costume. So, or even if, it, if there's light rain, it'll go on. So your parade costume has to be outdoor weather, walking friendly costume. It's not a stand around in a lobby outfit that you're wearing there. So yeah, just think about that when you're doing costume design. And I'm one of the longtime admins of the Dragon Con Rooms Facebook group, which you can just search for Dragon Con Rooms in Facebook and that'll pop up. And that's a group that helps people find mostly host hotel rooms, but other hotels too, and roommates. There's a no bribing and scalping policy, and there's lots of helpful information in the files section of that group. And if you join, check your PMs for a welcoming message with tips on how to get the most out of the group. And I've seen a lot of back and forth conversations over the years where one person makes a post and then somebody else says, the math doesn't add up here. And then people go back and forth online about the prices of rooms, So, which is understandable because that's the entire topic of the group is helping each other find rooms and get um, and get roommates. So the main reference page you need to know is on the DragonCon website in the navigation, the host hotels page, you can go to where to go at the con and then host hotels or just type in host hotels in the search bar. And that's the official page on the DragonCon website regarding host hotels and the rates. And again, that website is often outdated. So social media, when there's breaking news on hotels, is going to be updated before the website. But it's still a very important reference point. So you should be familiar with it. Because the first spot to the first way to spot scalpers is to understand what the rooms actually cost. And the published discounted DragonCon rate on that host hotels page at dragoncon.org is never the true cost of the room. And this is where people get confused. So think of it this way. If you go to the store, you can't buy a shirt with a $20 price tag if all you have is a $20 bill in your wallet. There's going to be sales tax when you get to the register. And this is common with all kinds of things. There's always hidden costs. So on that page, they advertise the discounted Dragon Con rate. That's not the total cost of the room. So if you're the reservation holder, then you need to understand the true cost of the room so that you know how much your credit card is going to be charged and how much to charge your roommates. And if you're a roommate, you need to ask your room host questions so that you know what you're paying for. So, for example, if you're the last person to join a room and there's no more bed space left, you might be told that you maybe need to pay extra to get a rollaway bed or bring your own air mattress. And if you join a room that's a suite, that's going to be more expensive than the standard room with one king bed or two doubles. So you'll often hear people refer to the Dragon Con rate, and that's a discounted rate. If there's rooms available, you can book at the full rate, but full rate for a standard room at a host hotel at Dragon Con can easily be about $600 before taxes and fees. And oh, it could God, easily yes. be $800 with taxes, fees, and parking. Yeah, I'm not making this up, right, guys? Back me no, up here. No, 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 and no. And that's a night. You actually have it right <laughs> on the head there. Yeah, some... so that's, yeah, so that's if you don't get a room at the discounted Dragon Con rate. Ugh. That's almost so, scary to think about. Yeah, so you can look up the discounted Dragon Con rate at that host hotels page I mentioned at dragoncon.org. And prices are going to vary by hotel and room type and other things I'll be talking about. But starting prices are about three to $400 a night, including taxes, fees, and parking, and again, depending on your room type. Now, oh, this is super important. Marriott price alert. So, you know, attention team Marriott. 
hotel deposits overall keep increasing every year and coming due earlier. And so this is new for the Marriott this year. They are taking they already took out a deposit when you book the room of two nights stay. So about six hundred dollars ish, depending on your room type. Um, the Marriott's taking out the rest of the full amount for the entire stay on March 1st this year. So, what? yeah, yep. and that's on that page I referenced. That's on the DragonCon website. So, if you're a room host, you may want to ask your roommates to contribute in advance so you have the full amount in your account by that char- time that charge hits your credit card on March 1st. And keep in mind, you know, they might take the money out a few days earlier or later than March 1st. That's normal, you know, due to your credit card or who knows, all these different kinds of things. So if your budget is tight, you might, you know, it's best to be prepared on that. So, you know, know your deadlines, read your confirmation emails, make sure you know when payments are coming due. So now I'll talk about what is adding, what can add costs to your room. Taxes, fees, and parking at the hotel are the most common costs. And there can be a hold to your credit card for incidentals. So that's money you need to have in your account to cover the hold. $50 a day uh, or more is not uncommon. Make sure your bank account can handle the true cost of the room. Parking at the hotel can be $30 a day or more. Valet is more expensive than if you park yourself. And there's not just taxes in Atlanta. There's also fees on the room. So it's not just a percentage cost. There's also some fees on the room. And hotels also have extra charges for things like a wife, well, like Wi-Fi in the room. Sometimes it's free, sometimes it's not. Refrigerator, sometimes there's a charge for that. Rollaway bed, there can be a charge for that. Uh, there's usually a limit of run one rollaway bed a room. And some hotels won't allow a rollaway bed in a room with two doubles. They'll reserve them for the rooms with one king bed. And they're based on availability, so they're not guaranteed. Um, if your room has like free bottled water or a mini bar, that's not really free. You're, you're going to be charged for that. So be careful because you can, if you drink all the stuff in your room, then you're going to be charged for that. Um, each additional name on the room can add $20 per night or more. Again, this is all these prices are going to vary by hotel. So I'm not talking about any one specific hotel. These are all just generalities. And you don't have to put your roommates' names on the room. You only have to do this if you want them to be able to pay the hotel directly with their credit card or if you want them to be able to get extra room keys. So you can get a couple extra room keys at the start of the at the start of the weekend if you want. And each person whose name is on the room can make changes to the reservation, and that includes changing dates or canceling the reservation. So most of the time, you know, you can ask for more keys than there are names on the room. And whoever made the reservation, you can add names at check-in. So you don't have to do it in advance, have extra names on the room in advance, which could cost you more, unless you want somebody else to be able to check in because you can't check into the hotel if your name isn't on the room. And then some other things that rooms that uh, hotels charge, some hotels charge for things that others include for free, like a refrigerator. So if there's anything you specifically want in your room, research that ahead of time. And just because something was free last year, you know, doesn't mean it will again. A lot can change in a year. So when you check in, go through all of your requests to make sure you actually get them and you understand what the costs are. Um, You know, host hotels are sold out and they're very busy. So honest mistakes are going to happen. So just review stuff at check-in and take care of any mistakes then. Um, What else is on my list? Oh, food and drink. That's a very important part of Dragon Con, right? So... For example, if one person is from Atlanta, 
and everybody else is coming in from out of town, the local person might volunteer to go shopping and stock the room and then ask the roommates to contribute because they bought all the food for the weekend. So that can affect the cost of your room. Um, how many people are sharing your room, what hotel you're staying at, where you're going to be sleeping. Um, is everybody staying the same amount of days in the room? You know, maybe one day you've got three roommates and the next day you've got six. So that's going to affect your share. So to sum up, the discounted Dragon Con rate that you see online is not the true cost of the room. Taxes, fees, parking, extras, you know, things that are very specific to just your hotel room those are all gonna affect the cost. So if you're a roommate, make sure you're comparing apples to apples when trying to figure out where you wanna stay and know what you're paying for. So, you know, what are you getting for your money? A room with 10 people at it in it in an overflow hotel two miles away, you know, that's gonna be cheaper than staying at a Hyatt, you know, host hotel with three roommates and getting a bunch of extras for the room. So I feel like a lot of times in online communities, people are always talking about saving money and that's important, but you also need to think about what kind of experience you want and think about what's important to you and discuss that with your room host and make sure you know what you're paying for. Absolutely. Always good information. So any questions about that or extras or why hotel rooms cost what they do? No, like I said, they're they're all that's really good basic information that a lot of people don't uh, consider. So good, very good, good knowledge, uh, yeah, especially I've... up front. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, when because a lot of people are planning right now. You know, I mean, those that have already don't have their lodging need to get it really soon. So that's uh, always good things to consider. So. Yeah, like I said, I've seen a lot of back and forth conversations about prices, and a lot of times it does tend to be people who are either very experienced and, you know, they, they want to calculate everything to the penny, and some people like to round. I do. I always like to round up to an even number or – you know, some people like they just have to save money and you just have to go, well, then you're not staying at the Marriott, you know, yeah, <laughs> like this absolutely. is how, much it, this is how <laughs> much it costs. I'm sorry, but you can't stay in my room for five dollars. Like, you know, yeah. so just kind of or they'll say, well, I saw it cost this much. OK, well, what are the details of the room? I don't know. OK, well, this is what this person has. And it may or may not be the same as that Internet post you saw. So you know, like any purchase, what are you getting for your money? And that's the conversation you want to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and once again, we thank you for bringing the conversation to us. That's always good information to know, especially this early in the game. So uh, thank you. So you're welcome. Um, where people can find me. Um, I'm on several Facebook groups, so you can search for my name if you have any questions or want to PM me about anything. My name is spelled Z-A-N. It's Z as in zebra, A-N, and it's pronounced Zan, like it rhymes with fan. And my last name, this is my Facebook name. Um, my last name is Bowden, and it's two syllables. It's bow, like what little girls wear in their hair, and den, like where a bear lives. So it's B-O-W-D-E-N. Um, the DragonCon Eternal Members group. Um, you can find our website at dragonconeternalmembers.com. That's plural, so there's an S at the end. There's a Facebook group. You can just type in DragonCon Rooms, and you'll get a lot of information about hotel rooms in there. I'll be at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, Florida in April. And you can spot me because I have a favorite tiara with my nickname on it. It says Eternal Zan. So that's how you can find me online and in person.
So once again, thank you so much for the information, and we'll talk to you again next month. Okay, wonderful. I look forward to it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We are now here for the first time this year with Michelle Biddick-Simmons. Hello. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Feels like I haven't talked to you since last year. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and last year, I didn't get to do January because all this stuff just kept happening. That's very true. But you are ready and willing and able now. I am. That is awesome. So what are we going to talk about this month? Um, well, I, I want to address change. And I'm going to start with that um, most of us are Dragon Conners, you know, and if some people listening aren't yet Dragon Conners, they're planning on being Dragon Conners. And there has been a pushback because, sadly, the people that run Dragon Con decided that the Tolkien track and the Whedonverse tracks needed to be broken down and um, absorbed into other tracks. And I'm one of the people that was initially very upset about it, and I still am on some levels. But I also understand that in anything, there has to be change in trying something new. Um, we just went to Chattacon, and we've been doing Chattacon for several years. And I, I had a moment at Chattacon where we had grabbed food and gone back to the room. And on one of the con channels, they had photos of starting from the beginning up until now. And we haven't been going that long, but it was so nice to see the photos and I'm watching this and I'm seeing this con as it changed and got larger and larger and larger and then smaller. And it just struck me how, how afraid of change all of us are. And the thing is, if, if something isn't evaluated constantly and your own boundaries are not pushed, you just stagnate. And that goes with a convention as well. So Dragon Con was right in doing what it felt it needed to do if, and in particular, if there weren't butts in seats. Um, and, and that phrase actually came from a comment that one of the judges at, Dra at uh, Chattacon for the masquerade said, because she used to be one of the people who would go up on stage and she is now one of the judges, she and her husband, and she can remember when the theater would be totally full, and now it's a point where they're trying to, they're struggling to get butts back in seats. And if if DragonCon wasn't seeing the numbers for the Tolkien or the Whedonverse track, then it makes so much sense, but that means whatever track you love, you need to be there. And now we're going to go into the health. How does this actually apply to health and whatever goals you have for your health or for yourself. If you aren't willing to put your own butt in the seat, and by that I mean put the time and effort into something that you're saying you care about or that you want to achieve, then there's an issue. And and I've had a, like, I'm going to go back to the Dragon Con thing real quick. I have a lot of people that I got messages from that were really upset because they only go for the Tolkien track or they go for the Whedonverse track and that's it. And I thought, I understand that because there are things that I love, but I also understand if you don't spread out and under, and go to different things and try something new, you're not going to change. And so uh, applying this to the health thing, again, I'm going to switch back and forth because it is really interact, you know, interconnected. If you are doing the exact same thing, you start something and you're not losing weight or you're not gaining muscle or you start up and then you fall off and you don't do it again and then you start up again, there's an issue because 
fear is a huge component of everything. But I also think even even bigger with a lot of us is the what if. And sometimes it's not a fear thing. Sometimes it's a I've gotten comfortable. I've gotten to the point where I have a routine. I'm afraid to change that. And yeah, it is fear again. But it's also being complacent. If if you make a plan and you don't follow it, you need to really look at the plan because something about it is pushing a button for you or something about it is making you not want to do it. And sometimes you just have to sit down and and make a change. Like what we did, I, I've been having problems with this, and I know Paul has because 2016 was a rough year for a lot of people. And what we did is something, it is really scary. We signed up to do a Tough Mudder after Dragon Con. So I have to get my butt in gear and so does Paul because we're going to be out there running and going through these tubes, the Augustus Gloop, which is a tube where you climb up and they dump water on you. And I think everybody just needs to do that. If you're, if you are floundering and you are doing the same thing over and over again, and I know a lot of people are because they message me about this, and I can't make you do it, and no one can make you do it. The only person that can make you actually change or see that you need a change is yourself. And 2017 is one of those years that you are going to be making it or breaking it because we have a lot of change we don't have control over. And a lot of it, is going to be really damn scary. So if you can get your health under control now, or at least get on a path where you know you're making a difference for who you will be at the end of 2017, you're going to be in such a better place. And you need to start now. And it's not a New Year's resolution thing. It's a change your life for the better and actually finally step up and take care of you. If it's finances, if it's health, if it's adding muscle, whatever it is. Mike, do you have any questions? No, so far it's advice actually I'm taking because I'm very happy to announce that since Dragon Con, I've taken off 20 pounds. Good for you. And you look fabulous the little bit I saw you at Dragon Con. Exactly. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's just changing diet, exercising a little bit, but now I've plateaued. And, you know, I've at the been constantly at the 20 pound mark and I want to go another 20 off. So what are you doing that, that you can change? What, what have you been doing? That's the same thing you've been doing the whole time. Well, watching what I'm eating, not eating junk food all that much, or if limiting myself to like one bad day and then, you know, rest of the week watching what I'm eating, cutting soda out, not drinking that much alcohol anymore, you know, items like that. And cut with when I cut all that out, I've actually found that, you know, it took the weight off and actually... Did you beat the plateau though? No, I am still at the plateau right now. So what I'm planning on doing is actually incorporating more exercise into my diet and... And are you doing muscle building exercise? Well, I'm going to be doing treadmill. I'm going to be doing sit-ups and push-ups. So to go for the muscle building, I'm not going to you know, spend the money to go to a gym to lift weights and stuff. No, no, no. You don't have to do that. No. But, but um, body weight, like the push-ups, great. If you do sit-ups, I would rather – this is just for me. Um, I would rather you do crunches or well, modified um, because 
this is like most people don't even realize this. You tighten up your hip flexors so much, and that actually can take you out of the game really quickly. But the crunches you do amazing. If you do you have an exercise ball, we do. Okay, best way to do best way to do sit ups exercise ball because you actually get more range of motion. You don't have to do um, the floor sit ups that end up hurting you because your your legs are up, you know, and your knees are bent and stuff. And the other thing is look up a reverse crunch. And start doing that on the exercise ball. It's where you lay on your stomach, your hands behind your, you know, your head, and you push up and, and arch back. And it actually helps you because you're working the equal and opposite muscles. So it's complementary and you will actually see a bigger difference. No, that's really true. I could see that happening. See, my problem with us when I start doing sit-ups on the floor, I'm just attacked by four dogs. So. Uh, we have cats. We have cats. And as soon as you're doing yoga or Pilates or anything, I have cats on me. And the same with Paul. He does – like we used to both do Insanity. But I can't do insanity anymore, and I'm so sad. But there are certain things that you do, and all of a sudden there's a cat on your back, or your <laughs> so we understand. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, but it's fun, and you know, definitely doing exercise. Like my goal as of February first is being on the treadmill four days a week for at least thirty minutes. That's great, and and a trick with that: don't just do it steady. And don't just do it level unless you have a health reason for it and are told not to. If you do um, a good five-minute startup at a good pace and then slow it back down and then keep pushing your pace up and you can even push the um, – oh, gosh, what is that called? You know, raise it, the the actual level. Uh, the incline. Yes, that's on my brain's not working right now for that. But if you change the incline, you can go slower and do a higher incline that actually burns at a different rate. If you do totally flat and you do fast for even just 30 second burn and then slow back down, it makes your body change how it's working and you actually will be back into the dropping weight zone. Awesome. And that's what and I def- want to. And faster. Here's the other trick. If you ever have the time to do it, do 20 minutes where you get on and you do that, where you do um, changing it constantly and then get off get cleaned up, go drink water, and sit for 30 minutes and then do 20 more minutes at the same thing, twisting it up and making yourself do different things. There's something about that. We think it has something to do with the way that, um, you know, so many of us were farmers and things like that. So you would do burns and then sit and then do burns and sit. And it seems to help get your body going faster. I will definitely take that into effect. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. And is there anything else? I have, like, more on the whole topic with – tracks but i don't have any particular track i want to add but i will say this if you read patricia briggs if you know who that is sadly her husband just passed away um and she was a guest at dragon con in the past and she's i think last year in fact she's an amazing writer and her husband was nothing but a gentleman always and that makes me so sad and we also lost larry smith from larry smith booksellers I just found that out at Chattacon, and that was one of the people that I always go. And he could be curmudgeon and he could be dour at times, and he always – I always got books, and I always talked to him, and I always enjoyed seeing him. And that makes me sad, but it's one of those changes in life, and, you know. No, that's, a, that's really sad when we lose people that, you know, we're all familiar with. And, and that they're mainstays because Larry Smith, I mean, always downstairs at DragonCon. I always went and got a lot of books from it. Mm-hmm. But 
we're still here, and we love and appreciate everybody in our lives, and we acknowledge our losses, and then we get off our butts and we keep going. Exactly. So, as always, where can people find you? At Drop by Dragon Con on Facebook, there's a group and there's a page. You need to find the group. Um, and we are amazing people, and we really do give a damn. That's always the best kind. You guys are great because both myself and my wife are members of the group, and we are very, very interested in you know both of us taking weight off this year. This is you know our goal for 2017. That's a good goal. Me too, because I have to do the tough mutter. <laughs> And plus, I just want to get back in my favorite clothes. (laughs) Well, exactly. So, you know, you have a closet full of clothes that you go, I used to love wearing those. Instead of giving it to Goodwill, why not change your body to get back into it if you can? Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Michelle. And we'll see you next month. Thank you. Ciao. And last but certainly not least, we have with us once again, we are just so honored to have uh, Kevin Batchelder joining us. Uh, Kevin, Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you and all the listeners here. Can't believe we're already into 2017. <laughs> we're already into 2017, <laughs> and there's only a little over 200 days until Dragon Con. So, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, with the new year doesn't mean we get a year until Dragon Con. Nope, it's, uh, there's been already a few months that have passed. But um, so uh, uh, for those people who don't know, um, uh, you've been going to Dragon Con for how long now? Oh, uh, this year will be, I think, my 13th or 14th. I've got to double check the math. I'm not sure. Absolutely. So you got the double digits going. Uh, you are, of course, uh, very active with the newbies group. Absolutely. And both, both at the con and online on the Facebook group. As uh, You guys have the own, uh, your own website, right? Yes, we do. For those who are new, if you go to dragonconnewbies.org, uh, we list all kinds of resources that are very helpful for newbies, including a link to that uh, Facebook group that Mike was mentioning there with a couple thousand members and all kinds of absolutely folks, including get, both of you. Would you say you get questions daily uh, about the convention in that multiple, Facebook group? Multiple, multiples. This <laughs> this far out, it's a little more calm. It's a little easier to to get them all. But yeah, as we start getting closer, they will just be flying in that group. And and do you are you aware of right now like just the ones that you're just we see this all the time. This question comes up all the time. Oh, that's but that's the nature of it being newbie friendly. Absolutely, we get repeats sure. all the time. Um, you know, whether it's the same ones a couple of days apart this far out or as we get closer because that's the whole point. We know the nature of that group is that there's a lot of folks who come in first year or two and then they leave the group, and some of them, after a year or two, decide it's fun to help the newbies and stay. So there's hundreds of experienced folks and, you know, even hundreds more newbies. So it's a nice blend of folks. It's a great way to meet a new friend, get some advice, and be able to learn at your own pace. And with the, you know, I've been going for over 20 years, and there's still a lot about the convention I don't know. And it's always changing. A lot of changes this year. Are, are there any changes that you can see right off the bat that are affecting maybe uh, new people? Well, as always, as both of you know, and many of the listeners, uh, the nature of Dragon Con means there are new tracks, fan tracks with info. The locations of where those tracks are will change. So even if you think you got it down, <laughs> we all know that uh, there's always some new wrinkles coming in. That's the nature of the 
con hopefully is evolving. So, uh, yeah, you can feel like you got a good handle after a few years, but you never feel like you got it all. So if if somebody is listening to this podcast for the first time, they're thinking about going to Dragon Con. They've never been to Dragon Con per se. They might have been to other conventions, maybe not, but they're thinking about it. What right off the bat is something that you're like, okay, right now, this is what you should do. Well, I would think, uh, and probably been touched on by other folks too, is the fact that uh, as far as Dragon Con goes, your most challenging part probably is going to be getting the the lodging, you know, where you're going to be staying, be it hotel or whatever. So I always say it's never too early to be working on that. Things like getting your membership and maybe your airfare or you know, driving plans, those can wait a little bit, but the lodging tends to be the most challenging one for those that are new to come. It certainly has been uh, getting more and more difficult. Uh, certainly almost, well, I don't want to say impossible because as we've already talked to Zan, there's different ways. There's still ways you can be uh, and obtain space in the host hotels, but it's it's very challenging. Yeah, the the biggest part for, I think, a lot of those folks is, you know, many of us, certainly if you're new to a convention, like last year was the first time I went to San Diego Comic-Con. When you're new, you just want something simple and straightforward, like give me one link to go to or one spot and whatever. And yeah, this at this point, if you're hoping for a host hotel, as I'm sure Zan covers and she does very well every year, um, you got to get a little flexible. You got to get a little creative. You, you got to get uh, your sleeves rolled up and ready to uh, move on a moment's notice because you never know when those rooms might open up or get uh, moved around so as long as you stay flexible either that or you end up staying down by the the airport or out by perimeter and somewhere else yeah there's plenty sure. of overflow spots too you don't yes. have to be in the host hotel especially the first year uh, i tell a lot of folks not that i wouldn't love to have been there my first year too because even i was at a, at a satellite location um you're going to be so in a good way overwhelmed and everything else that it's not all bad to to you know, be able to decompress and literally get away from the con for a little bit. I think, and I think that's important too, because as I mean, this is not a con that you can just roll up and do, um, uh, not with a lot of success. But um, so it does. It does require, I think, a lot of more preparation. Um, and like you mentioned, um, San Diego Comic Con, other large cons. I mean. This convention, as we've, uh, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. There was close to 80,000 people there last year. So it's obviously uh, something that I think a lot of people will find intimidating. So when they're thinking about going, um, lodging, getting your membership passes, travel arrangements, uh, working all that out, uh, I think obviously is the first step. Um, But as far as Somebody who's looking at it going, well, it would be kind of nice to go. I'm not sure. It seems kind of intimidating. It's kind of big. Um, certainly, if somebody's going solo, any any advice or any resources that you can point them towards as far as whether or not it's a, it, it's a, it's a con for them? Well, I think uh, this obviously is a great first step if you're hearing our voices, uh, being open-minded to learn a little bit. Or like I said earlier, if you go to the dragoncondubies.org site, uh, we've got links there to YouTube videos and podcasts, articles, um, and the groups, uh, the community side of it, uh, our newbies group, uh, the group that you guys run for the podcast and other things online, just start asking questions and poking your head around from folks who've been there. Uh, because those of us who, who, who love it and make it as a way of life, uh, a 
glad to answer those questions, especially now, several months out. It's the best time to be learning a little bit of the structure of the con a little bit. Uh, you know, the fact that you've got uh, almost 40 different programming tracks, yay, that can be overwhelming, but also it means, and what a lot of newbies do is just kind of narrowing down to a couple of topics maybe you're interested in. Now's a great time to be reviewing that track list on the website and realizing that uh, even if there are 80-plus thousand total fans in, in multiple hotels, you know, I might just be going for the American sci-fi classics, or I might just be going for some lit tracks, and maybe I'll just learn a little bit about those my first year and kind of make that a home base for me so I'm seeing some very familiar faces and I kind of know where I'm at. You know, some folks like to do a lot of everything, and some just prefer to start simple and build. I think, uh, and most of the community, as with a lot of communities, uh, is is in very po- positive, especially Dragon Con. All are welcome. Um, uh, the the bigger the party, the bigger you know we get to party, right? So, um, uh, do you find, however, because there's always uh, obviously people who are complaining that it's too big or that it's not what it used to be, et cetera, et cetera. Do you do you find that there's um, any sort of blowback from people that are saying that it's too big and not encouraging new people to come? I, I always hear, and I I remember hearing it probably like my second year that it's too big, and you know that's when we were back in like two hotels. So right. uh, let's face it, people, everybody has their own threshold for for what's too big for them. So that is always happening every year. But as far as being uh, welcoming. No, that's the thing. That's the reason why I come back. I think you guys and many of us do is because no matter the size, it is the community, it's the people who are there that are very welcoming to new attendees, you know, even beyond just our newbies group and some of that. It's because it's the nature. We all know how awesome this event is. We want other people to experience it and get the most out of it. So, yeah, you'll still have a great group of people wherever you might be at the con, especially. It's yeah, come on. It's it's the human condition that doesn't mean everybody's going to be that way. And some of the larger communities for Dragon Con and many other ones too. You could name a fandom too. You know, you're going to get folks who are going to maybe snipe at you if you ask a simple question somewhere. But you know, for the most part, you're going to find a lot of people who are willing to step up and give you some advice or perspective. The more you can get, the better, because we all think we got a good handle on it. But like I said, I learn new things and find out different ways people experience it. So. Keep that open mind and be inquisitive, especially this far out from the calm. Now's a great time to just be poking around everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And for anybody out there who uh, it does have questions, whether they be a, a newbie or not, um, uh, definitely um, I know that uh, you're available online as well as uh, we hear uh, the uh, Dragon Con report on the ESO uh, network. We also are available too, so people can post online. Uh, they can ask us questions uh, if they, you know, if they're nervous about things or have something specific. They can uh, personally uh, reach uh, reach out to us over uh, social media because uh, um, you know we definitely want that experience to be as special for you as it is for us. I mean, there's a reason that we keep coming back and, you know, as large as it gets, I still feel like it hasn't lost the magic and, uh, and it keeps, it really does keep getting better and better for me. Um, and, and I just, you know, it, I want everybody to experience that feeling. Yeah, that's just it. That's what all of us do. We, we love that excitement. And so I think you're going to find that in most of the online communities is just ask and, and talk about what's important to you. Because, again, we don't give a blueprint of like, oh, you're new. Here's the 17 things you have to do at con. That's that's always going to be one of the most popular questions 
uh, certainly after someone joins our group, uh, you know, say hello is, okay, what things do I have to do at con? And it's like, okay, that answer is different for every person who goes. <laughs> there is exactly. not a singular answer there. So just tell us a little more about what you like to do or what you're into, what's important, what your, uh, you know, its situation is, as you said earlier, whether you're coming with friends or you're coming solo, do you need to kind of buddy up and maybe find some some other peeps, or do you prefer to poke around and be the guy or gal in the back who's kind of quiet? Eh, just let us know, and, and we'll try to get you acclimated. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's great that uh, the resource is there. It's great that you're a part of it, and it's great, once again, that you're part of the, the podcast this year. So we look forward to getting more reports from you about uh, more tips and suggestions for new new congoers as well as uh, old congoers. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, any of you that are new, you know, like Mike said, reach out to be at us at the Newbie Group or the great guys here at the podcast. If there's something you want to hear us cover on these segments, we're glad to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we look forward to talking to you next month. All right. It's going to be here quicker than we think. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, we've only got eight episodes of these until Dragon Con. <laughs> Should I start screaming now? <laughs> yeah, that that puts it real in perspective, right? Yeah, Only there you eight go. Eight episodes of this show until Dragon Con. So. Yeah, now I'm panicking. <laughs> Why did I just get and a on, knot in the center of my stomach now? <laughs> and on that note, thanks, sir. Thank you, guys. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO 2017 Dragon Con special report. This is our first one of the year. There will be eight more of these. Uh, there will be seven more prior to Dragon Con, uh, and then we'll record one, uh, depending on what condition that we're in, after Dragon Con. Um, so um, we, we love doing this. Uh, big thanks to everybody uh, for listening and everybody for joining us in this episode. As always, uh, glad to hear from Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, and uh, Kevin Batchelder. So glad that they could join us this year for uh, more information uh, throughout the year. And uh, again, if you have suggestions for segments that they want, they, they can talk about, please reach out to us. Um, and then much, much thanks to our station crew, including someone I cannot believe I forgot to introduce at the beginning of the show. <laughs> and that is, it's so wonderful to have Tacoma Sanchez back with us. I'm just going to sit over here and pretend I'm not actually here. No, you are definitely uh, a welcome part of the show. It was, it was so chaotic in the beginning. I, I do apologize. No, no. I am I am very glad to be back, even if you forgot to introduce me. I, I really look forward to this. I, I mean, I'm really glad that you guys had me back on the show, and I, I'm really enjoying my time with you all. You have been a welcome addition to the crew, um, and uh, thank you so much. Where can people find you online? They can find me on the Facebooks at uh, just look up Tacoma Sanchez um, or on Instagram at at Lady Hellhath with one L. Awesome. 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 And thank you, Nikki, for joining us. It's always great to be back with you guys. Absolutely. I hope you enjoy the uh, medieval times experience. I look forward to the photos. Yeah, absolutely. I will be posting them probably shortly after I get back home, uh, after I'm wheeled out to the car from all the food that I will eat that night <laughs> at the event. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, and, and definitely look forward to And where can people find the photos of those and more? 
uh, Geek Behind the Lens on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Definitely. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Glad to have you back for another season. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, if you want to, you can find me at Mary Luhu on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And and I didn't even ask you about how your costumes are coming. Oh, uh, well, I did say I'm not I'm only prepared in my lodgings and my uh, my that's true. So that's true. So that's pretty yes. much it. Right. Yeah. So still, still a long <laughs> totally way to go slacking there. off. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, there's still seven months. So yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> I mean, I have some plans, but and I have a, some things in place, but I haven't really started to work. Uh, Darren, thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys for having me. And uh, I, I, where can people find you? I know that you're a podcasting man. I am a podcasting man. It's a Legion of Substitute Podcasters, where we get to talk about all the DC Comics Legion of Superheroes goodness. I think they're about to bring them back for rebirth, so yay. Awesome. And um, sometimes on ESO, Mike and Mike let me talk about gay things. It's kind of naughty. It's uh, it, it's 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 really cool though. I think, and, I think uh, the I next thing we're going to talk about is uh, John Waters, the Pope of Trash. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. That Fun. got postponed. It got postponed, but it it is going to be we're going to be recording that pretty soon. I think. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Define soon. Soonish. Yeah. Soonish. Well, soonish. Right. Soonish. soonish. And of course, thank you, Director Faber, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. Hey, I'm the guy who hits record. It's pretty darn awesome. Absolutely. Where can we find you online, sir? Well, gee, there's ESO <laughs> Podcast, ESO Network, ESO, the Doctor Who version called Earth Station Who, and of course, the Dragon Con Report. And I could be found up on Facebook and Twitter and all the different places. I'm just everywhere. You are a busy man. I guess I'm going to have to start hosting uh, talk shows after, you know, like, you know, after Walking Dead or something also. <laughs> mm. yeah we'll see um guys we try to cover all we can with these specials but to keep up with the latest news uh please check out the official dragon con website social media outlets um all the tracks are active on facebook so even if the official information from the site is uh not not uh, out there yet a lot of the tracks are putting together their panels panelists they're looking for volunteers uh, already so if there's a particular aspect of dragon con that you're interested in participating in or that you'd like that you have a panel idea uh, please reach out to them um, if you're not sure who to reach out to contact us we'll let you know um, and uh, it's it's not too early to get involved um, as far as uh, ESO we can be found on Facebook Twitter Google Plus Stitcher uh, we want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join in in the discussion on all social media outlets. Um, please help support us by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. Now like an Armageddon flame Not a shame, no one's
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.